resilience almost trumps talent if you're able to to keep going even when you get those hard knocks and I think tied into resilience is also work ethic your attitude to people your attitude to your work you are now listening to we are crayons the podcast conversations with Trinidad and Tobago's creative thinkers and makers. We'll delve into their processes, their struggles, and what drives them to execute continually as creative individuals. I'm your host, Dan McNichol. Do enjoy. In this episode, we speak with visual artist Shannon Alonso. Shannon, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> it's our pleasure. Great to have you here. So as a visual artist, Shannon, what are your chosen mediums? I work predominantly with mixed media. So pencil, paper collage, fabric, uh, and most recently, installation work. Oh, that's awesome. Tell me, who was Shannon as a child? Ah, Shannon was, I was. (laughs) (laughs) I would say I was fairly timid. Mm -hmm. I was always artistic. I Mm -hmm. always loved to draw paint, etc. But I've always been quite quiet. Mm -hmm. Definitely an introvert. Very much enjoy just reading and uh, drawing and being on my own, which I don't know. I I feel like we live in a world of extroverts and everyone likes to interact all the time. And I I quite like silence even now. I did then and and still still do, do, I think. Mm -hmm. Can you remember what type of books you used to read? Oh, gosh. (laughs) (laughs) I I had phases. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely did the whole Harry Potter thing. I loved um, magical realism and fantasy. But I had quite a long stint with horror which it's a little out of nowhere. Mm. Um, I, I think I at one point was documenting all the horror books that I read and it was <laughs> the numbers were going up and up. I'm like, okay. Um, yeah, I do quite like horror, horror fiction and, and films. Right. Did you fall into the Harry Potter movie series at all, seeing that you read the books? I did. Um, I, I enjoyed the movies. I don't think as much as I enjoyed the books. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I love the production design and everything that goes into making, uh, that fantasy realm and kind of drawing you into the whole universe. I thought that they did a really fantastic job with bringing that all to life. Definitely appreciated that. Yeah. Yes. It's, I mean, it's amazing. Um, the amount of work that goes into just conceptually. You know, Definitely. Yeah, conceptually, and then having to build it out—it's it's, it's, it's quite a, a feat. Um, so I definitely feel you there. So how about secondary school? How did that play out as it relates to your journey into doing what you're doing now? Well, from I would say from primary school, I was really dead set on doing fashion design. Mm-hmm. So that continued all throughout high school uh, into sixth form. And I actually went to university for that as well. But I would say that in sixth form, I, I did sixth form at Holy Name. And I had the most incredible art teacher, Irene Cozy, who really sort of opened up my eyes in terms of what visual art could be. And I think even though I ended up still going to school for fashion design, I started to broaden my perspectives in terms of um, the different creative fields that I could get into. And after university, I 
I ended up doing several different things in, in right. the creative sector. Mm -hmm. So I'm really happy to have had supportive educators who kind of drew that creativity out in me. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I guess we will touch on it, but you also for a short while became an educator yourself. Yes, which I, I did not foresee early on in life, but I, I have been teaching mm -hmm. arts for the past two years at secondary mm -hmm. level. And it really was a roller coaster experience. It it was amazing, absolutely incredible. There were times where you have to draw out patience in yourself that you did not know existed. <laughs> um, but there are equally times where I was just blown away by the creativity and the quirkiness and the love of my students um, that just made it so worthwhile at the end of the day. Apart from drawing the patience from your big toe. <laughs> exactly that. <laughs> um, what other lessons do you think you've learned um, going through that, that process of teaching? And the only things that you'd have learned from the kids? Uh, lots of things. I learned to communicate in different ways. When you're interacting with students who have different learning styles and different skill sets, you have to find ways of explaining things differently and, and attempting to connect with them in different ways. I would also say that it really helped me to have to be in front of classes day in, day out, because I am... Um, I think by nature, a fairly shy person. So that interaction with my students on a regular basis helped to draw me out of my shell a little bit. Um, I was very much in awe of a lot of the other teachers at, at Maple Leaf as well, because they're incredibly dedicated and teaching really is a vocation. And, and when you teach well, you could change a child's life forever. And so it was lovely to see people who were so passionate about their job and, and really care about making an impact on these kids' lives. Right, yeah. And I guess you're a product of having such a teacher. Definitely. Yeah. More than one, but yes, yeah. definitely. Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's incredibly important to have that, that type of support. Right. So tell me, Shannon, where does your inspiration come from? Where do you draw that thing that drives you? I think that history has a lot to do with my inspiration, um, the body of work that I'm producing right now has um, been informed very much by historical photographs and even working on films that were period pieces where I would have seen um, environments and costumes that were created from times gone by. And I, I love the idea of connecting past and present. I think that it really gives us a sense of who we are, who, what our identity is as Caribbean people, as Trinbagonians. And I like making those connections because we don't have, uh, we don't really have much of a culture of historical preservation. We don't have many museums where we can go and see our history laid out and, and really appreciate that. So I wanted to bring some aspect of that into my work so mm -hmm. that these stories and these people could could live again in a sense. Right. So is there a particular piece that you're working on right now that you would be showing soon you poured your everything into? Oh gosh. <laughs> There's a few of them that I feel like I almost um lost an arm with. No, <laughs> no not quite. But um I'm I'm thinking of about three pieces, but I, I would say that a fabric collage that I did called 
Piero, which relates to the Piero Grenade. Mm-hmm. Um, it was of a photograph I had taken of, a, of someone I knew, mm-hmm. um, but I wanted to link it back to traditional carnival characters. So again, you have that thread between past and present. Um, and I think that in the process of actually there's something about cutting up fabric and stitching it together and layering that really entices me. And mm-hmm. I think I, I definitely poured a lot into that particular right. piece where that's consumed right. many a um, pin with a needle prick Pricks. and, <laughs> and um, many late nights and rethinking it and right. unstitching. And right. yeah, I'm, I'm pretty pleased with how it came you together know, in the end. Nice. When was that? aha moment that it hits you okay this is what i want to be doing with the rest of my life i mean up to this point obviously (laughs) (laughs) yes i actually wouldn't say that i've had um specifically an aha moment i've done a lot of different things Mm -hmm. since i left university so i actually studied i think i said i studied fashion design Mm -hmm. um so when i came back i was lucky enough to work with mailing she's been my mentor for years now and she's mm-hmm. incredible through her i worked on a lot of costume projects uh like carnival projects like the three canal show and so on and then somewhere along the line i got the opportunity to work more directly in in the art side of things through art department and film and i think that then channeled me more into the visual arts aspect of mm-hmm. things so it was a process of about seven years that brought me to a point where i said okay well i'm I feel most at home, um, most myself creating this type of work mm-hmm. and I'm ready to invest in myself and go and do my master's specifically in this, in this field. field. Awesome. So is there a particular frame of mind you need to be in and are there particular things that you do to put yourself in that frame of mind? At one point in time, I was really obsessed with watching artist documentaries, famous artist documentaries, right. just to see how, how their creative processes right. and how they work. And I thought it was interesting that a lot of them ended up creating their best work when they were depressed or, you know, yeah, not feeling their best. I would say that I'm the absolute opposite. I really thrive off of being in a good headspace mm-hmm. when I have a, a sense of balance in my life is when I think I... I'm able to create best. Having said that, I I have tried to bring a certain degree of discipline to my work as well, Mm -hmm. because I think if you say to yourself, well, I can only create when I'm in X headspace, Mm -hmm. it does limit you in a sense, because you might only be in X headspace for five minutes every two months, you know? So sometimes I have to sit down and start drawing, even if I don't necessarily feel like it. And that will lead to something else further down the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's that's important in the fact that taking a, a and I'm using the word here, professional, for lack of a better phrase, mm-hmm. but taking a professional approach, meaning that you have to produce regardless of how Definitely. you feel, as opposed to, okay, I don't feel like it today. And then that spills over into I don't feel like it for three weeks and you don't create anything. Exactly. And it's it's so easy to to let life wash over you, especially if you're not uh, a full time artist. If you have if you're grappling with other commitments as right. well, yeah. you you don't really have a choice but to create when you have the time. So I think it's a good habit to make to to say, OK, well, I'm going to sit down for X amount of time and see what I can can pull out of myself. Going through the process of producing this 
work. Were there any points where you thought that, you know what, eh, I don't really want to go through this right now? Every other day? <laughs> Every other day, that's not a lie. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think that as artists, we become, heartbreak becomes familiar to us mm -hmm. because it's kind of like you have self-doubt mm. and then you also have rejection. For example, if you're applying for grants, if you're applying to competitions, if you're applying for um, master's programs, for instance, there's a lot of rejection to deal with there as well. So I think it's extremely difficult to continue to motivate yourself, especially when the work is not something that's produced quickly necessarily. Mm -hmm. uh, I think th the balance to that is having an incredible support system. Mm -hmm. I, I think I've been extremely blessed to have many, many people who are around me who have said to me, no, you need to keep going. Even when I was like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> like, let's yeah. move on to yeah. something else. Yeah. My mom in particular has mm -hmm. never once told me, you know, you can't do this. You need to be more practical. And mm -hmm. many other family members, uh, my best friend is an artist as well. And mm -hmm. she's received countless text from me of pictures of what I'm working on. Is this good? Do you think I should do this differently? Should I give up now? <laughs> yeah. So how do you deal with that rejection or that, mm. you know, those difficult times? I think it's an ongoing process. I don't mm. think I've 100% figured it out as yet. Funnily enough, I think the more rejection you experience, the easier it is to, to brush it off. Mm -hmm. I think aside from the support system, just keeping a positive mindset and keeping balance in other aspects of your life make it easier to take a step back and say, okay, well, I failed in this regard, but I've really succeeded in this way. And when you're able to see that balance, it's, it's easier to pick yourself up and keep going again. Right. So it's looking for where you have succeeded in your failure. Exactly. What you've learned from it. I mean, it sounds a little corny, but if you've been able to take something from that experience, then it, it helps you for the next time. Yeah, for sure. So if you weren't doing this now, is there a career or something else you would prefer to be doing? I have always loved um, archaeology. Again, I guess it ties into the whole history aspect of things. I, I think I would have liked to have explored that a little bit if I wasn't doing art. But at mm. this point in time, it's very hard for me to imagine doing anything else. I mean, I could, I can see myself functioning in different um, aspects of the creative field, mm. but I, I feel like I'll always sort of gravitate towards something in creative. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, it's buried in your soul. Very much so. <laughs> very much so. Were you like your mom or any other family member involved in the creative arts that kind of influenced you? Where does the influence come from? My mom always loved drawing as well. So mm -hmm. I think there's that, that creative aspect there. And I have a couple of aunts who are artists too. Okay. I think that I, I moved to England with my mom when I was seven and we were right. there for about 10 years. And I, I think that if we hadn't moved, there's a chance that I would have done something else. Mm. Maybe, as I say, something like archaeology, mm -hmm. sociology, mm -hmm. law, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I think being in London, being in an environment where I went to a lot of museums mm -hmm. and plays and musicals, and I, mm -hmm. I had a lot 
lot of art around me that really helped to solidify that in me as well. Yeah. But are you one that plans like, okay, so next five years, this is where I want to be? Or do you just like take it day to day and, and move on? I think I've learned that you can only plan to a point. Mm-hmm. There's so many things that have happened to me that were quite the opposite of what I planned. I think mm-hmm. by nature, I like to plan, but mm-hmm. things always end up somehow going in and up the opposite direction. So I think I'm I'm doing what I can to plan for as far as is as far as I'm able to see ahead in the future, but mm-hmm. I'm open to different outcomes. Right. I think that also helps with the the rejection that we were right. talking about. You know, right. if, if one avenue doesn't work out, being open to other avenues really helps to, to keep you going mm-hmm. forward. For a young person, or anybody for that matter, young at heart, wanting to pursue something in the creative field, what does writing, dancing, singing, whatever. Do you have any advice that you can give to help them along? I think, um, and this very much ties into what we were just talking about, but resilience almost trumps talent if you're able to to keep going mm-hmm. even when you get those hard knocks. And I think tied into resilience is also work ethic. Mm-hmm. You know, your attitude to people, your attitude to your work, how you interact with others, how you network. These are all things that are interconnected and uh, extremely important mm-hmm. to success. Mm-hmm. I would say so, yeah, the resilience and the work ethic to me are uh, top of the pile in terms right. of what I would would advise a young person to focus on. Mm-hmm. Were there any instances where you could pinpoint that, okay, I failed at this particular thing and I need to like improve on this particular area to move forward? Hmm. I think that there have been times when I've gotten very harsh criticism on something I've created and Mm -hmm. a piece of work that perhaps I'm very proud of and somebody who I very much respect might turn around and say, yeah, I don't think you hit the mark here or I'm putting it in a very light term, but it might be something more, (laughs) more blunt than that. And you have to, to reevaluate how you approach that piece of work. And that can be quite hard to swallow mm-hmm. but then you look at the work that's come after and you can say oh wow okay i needed to look at the balance in color i right. needed to um reassess composition i needed to think more about what i'm saying with this piece and i think it's only from sometimes harsh criticism that mm-hmm. you can actually improve your mm-hmm. work considerably I mean, I guess it's about taking yourself out of what you do at some point to be able to assess it properly, Yeah, um, which is probably pretty difficult to do as a creative person because it is, it, it is. feels like it comes from... It's a piece of you. you. Yeah. Definitely. So it's, it's definitely hard to do in that way. Where would you say it has been the most joyous or gratifying period of up to this point obviously because obviously you're going to go out and do other great things <laughs> but at I, this hope, point, I hope i <laughs> hope um i think that in the process of creating a painting a drawing a sculpture an installation i i feel a, a kind of joy that is unparalleled mm. um in the rest of my life and and it's not usually with the finished product mm. it's usually in a middle stage somewhere when I, I don't know, it's a, it's a hard um, 
feeling to articulate, mm-hmm. but it's a it's a sense of of real peace mm-hmm. and real joy that okay, this is exactly where I'm meant to be, mm-hmm. and this matters, this work right. matters, even right. though it's not always easy to see how. Because mm-hmm. with art, you know, it's easy for people to look in and say, well, this is not a necessity. It's not mm-hmm. food. It's not water. It's you know, it's an additional thing, mm-hmm. but I think it's something that's, it's needed for, for our souls, for, mm-hmm. for us to feel joy and to mm-hmm. be able to express ourselves to one another and to empathize with one another. So I guess, yeah, to, to answer your question is that it's that middle stages of creating that, that I feel the, the most um, sincere sense of joy. Mm-hmm. And opposite to that was the most frustrating part. Mm. The disasters. <laughs> oh, so many disasters. <laughs> there was a time in university when I was really excited about um, a particular project. Mm-hmm. I was creating a tapestry dress and it had a crinoline in it. So a, a sort of a framework mm-hmm. underneath that made it pop out kind of like a Alexander McQueen or at least at the time I thought it right. was like this <laughs> style dress. Right. And I was pulling an all-nighter and the 99th hour, I was putting all the boning, the, the wire into the crinoline mm-hmm. to, to make it actually pop out right. and, and look hopefully fabulous. And all the wire got stuck in the, the threads of the tapestry and it just would not go through the channels. And I had to hand this in at 8 a.m. and this was like 3 a.m. in the morning. And I just started to cry. I was just... <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna, I give up. This is it. This is the end of me and fashion or art or whatever. I'm, I'm done. And I look back on that now and I was like, okay, maybe it wasn't the end of the world. It certainly mm-hmm. felt like it at the time. Right. And mm-hmm. I've had so many instances like that. You know, you plan for one thing and the absolute opposite happens. And sometimes you need to have that meltdown, get it out of your system and say, okay, what's next? Right. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> oh gosh, it's traumatic though. <laughs> oh my God. How do you evaluate your work? Hmm. Harshly. (laughs) (laughs) I think at this point, I rely quite a lot on my understanding of what is a pleasing aesthetic. Mm. So if I step back from a piece and it somehow feels unbalanced or it feels like it's missing something Mm -hmm. and that I need to go back into it, I'll, I'll kind of just run with that. There are a couple people that I trust very much that I would go to for their opinion Mm -hmm. to get that feedback. Mm Because often at some point in time, you just can't see your work anymore. It's good to have another perspective Mm -hmm. in there as well. So I guess between that, my own opinion and the opinion of of people I trust, that's how how I revise the work. What has been the most significant sacrifice you've had to make along your creative journey up to this point? Monetary. (laughs) (laughs) I think that, you know, being an artist or being a creative person is not always the best paid, depending on what field you're in Mm -hmm. and where you are, of course. Mm -hmm. So I think that is something that I've had to grapple with at times, particularly when freelancing. Mm -hmm. So if work is not steady, there's always that question of, okay, well, can I continue to do this? Mm -hmm. Uh, Or should I go into something full time? I would say in the end, it's all all been worth it. But, uh, you know, at a particular point in time, when you're thinking practically, it, it can be can be tricky got you what has kept you going thus far i think it's 
one part support system, one part I don't think I could live without art. Mm. It just I as I said before, I have those moments where I would very much like to give up because it's almost it's almost painful to keep going when mm-hmm. you feel like you're not seeing the mm-hmm. returns. But mm-hmm. I think that I need this to survive, to right. to thrive, I guess. Right. And having executed, and this is just my opinion, at a high level, were there any times when you actually doubted your talent? And how did you deal with that? Yes, many, many, many times. To be honest, I think it's it's an ongoing process for me. Sometimes when you've looked at at your work so much and you're so intertwined with what you're creating, you can't tell if it's good anymore. Mm. And you, you know, you can ask other people, but you wonder if they're telling you that they like it because they like you Mm. or if it is that they're genuinely interested in the work. And also because there's so many incredibly talented people out there, so you can't help but compare yourself to others and their journey and their story. But I guess at the end of the day, if you feel as if you have something to say and you're enjoying the process of creating, then that that makes it all worthwhile. Mm-hmm. At this point, Shannon, what would you say you want people to take away from the work that you do? I hope that it starts a dialogue. I... I think if people can be discussing the work and their interpretations of the work beyond the confines of the exhibition when they're actually there seeing it, I think that would would be a success for me. I hope that perhaps it evokes a feeling of nostalgia and that desire to have a connection to what has come before and maybe think about how history has informed our Caribbean identity today. So yeah, I think those are the main aspects that I would really love for for them to take away. Well, Shannon, thank you very much for your time. Your thank generous, you for having your me. Generous it's been time. wonderful. <laughs> yes, it's, I, I I truly enjoyed the conversation. I'm, Same here. Um, looking forward to seeing lots more of, of your work. Hopefully, I can come back and chat with you guys again. Yeah, of course, <laughs> always welcome. I'm Shannon Alonzo, and in a big box of crayons, I would be Unicorn Yellow. Please share this episode with someone who would find it valuable. And if you haven't yet, subscribe to the show now on Apple Podcasts to get new episodes as they become available. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. It will help us reach other listeners just like you. Find additional content on abigboxofcrayons.com. Follow us on Instagram at abigboxofcrayons. The We Are Crayons podcast is a production of A Big Box of Crayons. All rights reserved. Until next time, friends, remember, we are all the same and the fact that we will never be the same. Stay colorful. And thank you for listening.